Welcome to the Together PDX podcast. You're listening to our Gospel Gathering series, where we will be replaying valuable content from past events where local Portland leaders gathered to hear from authors, theologians, and scholars. We'd like to note that the views shared by our guests don't necessarily reflect those of the entire Together PDX team. We pray today's content enriches your day and spirit. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm Elise Gallus, and today I wanted to share a bonus episode with you from our time with Dr. Craig Keener. Now, you probably remember that Dr. Craig Keener is a professor at Asbury Seminary, which means he has a really unique perspective on the things that we were hearing about just a couple months ago with the whispers of what is God doing there on the Asbury campus. He was there. Um, Asbury Seminary and Asbury College are slightly separate, but they're just right across the street from each other. And so he's going to share his perspective on what really happened, what it was like being there in person. And we just thought this was valuable content that we didn't want you to miss. So I have just about 10 minutes from Dr. Keener and wanted to share that with you. Enjoy. They asked me to speak uh, briefly first about what happened at Asbury recently. Now, I, I technically teach at the seminary, not at the, at the university campus. So there are more firsthand witnesses than I am. But I do live in Wilmore, and I was there. Uh, <clears throat> I got there like maybe eight hours late because we didn't – it took a while for word to spread, even in Wilmore. So. But what happened was there was a worship service that ran over. Uh, it was just the morning chapel. They have chapel three days a week at uh, 10 in the morning, which is usually too early for me to get up. <clears throat> and it's, uh, it's normally just 45 to 50 minutes. But the, the gospel choir that morning, they were just, just so overwhelmed by the Spirit that when they, after they closed in worship, they just kept worshiping. And the Spirit of God fell, and initially there were just a few people there, and then some more people gathered. And and uh, that that evening, I was working on my Mark commentary downstairs when my wife calls me from upstairs and says, "Hey, what's wrong with you? You've been praying for this. How come? How come you're not over there?" I said, "Pray. What, what are you talking about?" <laughs> uh, that was her her way of announcing it in a clever way. And so we headed over to the, the chapel then and, and started participating in, in what was happening. Uh, and I know the, the Spirit touched different people in different ways. Um, you know, we're all, we're all different. We're all different members of the body of Christ. And so not everybody's experience with it was the same, but it was just awesome. In, in Acts chapter 12, do you remember when James, the brother of John, is beheaded. And so the church is really praying very seriously for the, um, the, the release of Peter, who was going to be executed. Uh, and it, like deja vu, it's, it's um, Feast of Unleavened Bread. And so it's like when Jesus was, was executed. <clears throat> and so they're, they're in this prayer meeting. And the angel of the Lord strikes Peter on the side. He's apparently very sound asleep. Uh, next time he strikes somebody on the side, the narrative is when he kills Herod. But anyway, strikes <laughs> strikes Peter on the side, wakes him up, and and uh, Peter Peter's led out by the angel. And first, Peter doesn't believe it. He thinks he's he's having a vision. But finally, he gets to the house of John Mark's mother, and he's he's knocking on the door. 
And Rhoda comes and answers, and she's like, whoa, it's Peter. And she runs back in. Hey, we've been praying for this. It's Peter. And they say, you're out of your mind. It's his ghost. Just just like the, the apostles did back in Luke 24 with uh, Jesus. They said, oh, maybe it's a spirit. And Peter, meanwhile, is still knocking on the door. This is probably an upper city Jerusalem, probably some of the neighbors or some of the aristocratic priests who had him arrested to begin with, well, or at least were, were for it. And so he's, uh, he's still outside knocking. But finally they realize, whoa, it is Peter. Now, what was this prayer meeting supposed to be about? <laughs> and that's how I felt, you know, the first, the first week. I was like in a daze, like, whoa, we've been praying for this. But... I wasn't expecting this, <laughs> not like this. Uh, so I'm grateful that the Lord goes beyond our faith. It takes just a mustard seed, but it really was spontaneous. It wasn't like anybody prepared for it. Um, I mean, we were praying for it. Lots of us were praying for it. Some people had been praying for it for 50 years since the last time Asbury University, back then Asbury College, had experienced something like this. Um, and, you know, I would talk about it in my classes. Luke Chapter 11, verse 13, your Heavenly Father, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. And so, well, let's pray for the outpouring of the Spirit. God will, God will do this. I don't know what it will look like. It looks different ways, different times. It's up to God. Even in the book of Acts, it looks different ways, different times. But, you know, the, the parallel passage in Matthew 7, 11 says, if you ask for good gifts, your Heavenly Father will give you those. And I just figured, well, uh, there are a lot of good gifts we could ask for, but Luke zeroes in on the best gift of all, the gift of God's own presence, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God himself. And so you see a pattern that arises from that, like in Acts one they They're praying together. And then you know what happens in Acts 2 as the Spirit is poured out. In Acts 4.31, it says that when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken. I hope the architecture is pretty solid here, I think. It, but the place where they were gathered was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And then in Acts chapter 8, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to pray for them so they might receive the Holy Spirit. So we see this pattern. It's not always in the book of Acts mentioned, at least not explicitly, but we see this pattern where people are praying and God pours out his spirit. And this has been true with many of the revivals and awakenings in in history, where you have concerts of prayer, you have people praying together. And just like we heard about in the announcements about, about, about prayer together uh, in, in this community, we can expect that God will pour out his spirit and that often God will do abundantly beyond all that we ask or think in, in, in pouring out his, his spirit. So does that leave me extra time to talk about the uh, reliability of the Gospels? <laughs> uh, trying to think of anything else I should say about it. It was just... I mean, I've experienced the tangible presence of God before. I know he's always with us, but sometimes sometimes his presence is just so palpable. It seems like it's 
like one stage before, you know, seeing, seeing God's glory, but you feel, you feel God's presence in that remarkable way. Of course, the spirit is always ready to bear witness with our spirit that we're God's children. But to experience that among thousands of other people who are also experiencing it at the same time, <laughs> that, that takes it to a different level. And sometimes I've been in places where that has happened, but this was like pretty much for two weeks. And uh, the seminary is across the street from the university, so sometimes, uh, you know, I still was teaching and so on during that time. I still had a regular uh, disciplines for the Lord. But sometimes walking from one building to another across the street from, from the university, I could... I could just feel the presence of God, totally unmerited, nothing nothing we did. Again, we had prayed, but this was just a spontaneous gift of God. And there were two things that the, the worship leaders, the student worship leaders at the university, who were um, leading during this time, and they would they would have different worship teams, but they wouldn't introduce them as they came up. It was just moving directly from one to the other. One of their their issues was what they called radical humility. It's not about us. This is something God has done for us. God gets the credit. God gets the glory. So speakers weren't introduced. It was it was just all about Jesus. Uh, Student led. Administration was there just to support. And you know, even the administrators, the president of the university would get up and introduce himself as Kevin, um, who works at the university. <laughs> um, there were you know, plenty of outside speakers who would have been willing to come in, plenty of outside worship teams willing to come in, but they, they wanted to keep it just simple, just no, no names, no celebrities, just about Jesus, because he was the one manifesting his presence. They wanted to keep the holiness of the, of the revival. Uh, and again, revival, outpouring, I mean, there's different names that people, people give to it, and revival and awakening have certain, certain kinds of uh, meanings in the history of religion in the, in the U.S., and Protestantism going back a few centuries. But... Uh, biblically, we can talk about outpouring. You have that in Acts 2 and Acts 10. But whatever we want to call it, uh, just experiencing the presence of God. I remember when I, when I went to the seminary to apply for a position there, uh, actually, <clears throat> it was in the morning. I don't know if they warned you, but I'm not coherent in mornings. I, I'm, I'm very groggy in mornings, and so I... I had all my interviews that morning at the seminary. I have no idea what I said. I have no idea why they, why they hired me. <laughs> but as I was, uh, afterwards, I, I walked across the street because I knew about the history of the 1970 uh, Asbury Revival, 1950 Asbury Revival. Walked across the street, peered into the then vacant chapel, and then blazoned across the top of the of the back of the auditorium were the words, holiness unto the Lord. And I just felt like the wind of the Spirit sweep through me at that point. And I was like, ah, the, the embers are still there, just waiting to be rekindled into flame. There, there was still a, a heritage of that, an openness to that. Again, it's not something we do, but it is something God has promised 
that if we ask, he will do it, may not always be in our time, may not always be the way we expect it, but we just welcome, welcome God's presence, welcome God's work among us. So good. Thanks for listening um, to this bonus episode with Dr. Keener. I'm sure you'll feel encouraged, and I'm sure that you're praying for us in Portland to experience something similar to what they experienced in Asbury. We trust that the Lord is doing something, and it might look different, but it's going to be good. So have a great week, and thanks for listening.